0: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: How do you get it? How do you get it up? Google that. I was always, I always think better when the thoughts just tumble out my mouth.
2: Welcome to this episode of 20 Minute Tims, this is the return of the flagship podcast and I am of course joined, as I am every week, by Martin Melly. Yes, Glasgow's favourite son is back to the Monday Night Podcast and Stephen, what's happening folks, good to be back, and I am your host Jamie and it has been exactly 150 days since Celtic last played a competitive football game, apart
1: from the one we played against Hamilton yesterday. 150, it seems like about 1,050 to be perfectly honest after all we've <laughs> been through and the, the the current uh, climate and all that and the the preceding months it feels like an absolute age since the, the competitive football was here with us prior to this Hamilton Aki's game so I'm absolutely cock-a-hoop guys I'm delighted that it's finally back
2: The last time, Milly, we got to do a flagship podcast was the 26th of May when we did our season review. Between then and now, there has been absolutely hundreds going on (laughs) on the Patreon. We've got loads of great features as Celtic go for the 10, we've got a live preview show an hour before kickoff, we have a reaction podcast, we do tactics and transfers and scouting, you've probably seen the video doing the rounds on Patreon, and of course for this new season we are teaming up with the fantastic Celtic Fan TV to do exclusive video content once we're back in the stadium, but there's loads going on, just check it out at patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims.
1: Yeah, that's right Jamie, and if you're not uh, one of our patrons yet, one of many, many, many people who have decided to support us on Patreon. I believe there are over 1200 people in there. So thanks to everyone who's in there. However, if you're looking for some other way to help us out, to show us a wee bit of love, to support your favourite Celtic podcast in some other way, we're going to run a little bit of a competition. People will have seen that we have a, a limited edition special pin badge that we give out to people who win competitions. Our special... Official solid 20 min- gold. <laughs> <laughs> yes, official twenty-minute Tim's emblem pin badge, the solid gold version. So we we like giving those away. So what we've decided to do is, we like hearing from people who listen to us. We like the feedback, positive mind. Uh, so what we're going to do is, we're going to invite you, the listener, to show us some love on iTunes. Or podcast addict by leaving us a five star review. If you leave Mm -hmm. us a five star review from here, what we'll do is we'll pick our favourite every week and we will send you out a 20-minute Tim's gold badge. That easy. Just you can make it anything you want. You can make it funny, make it silly, make it ridiculous, whatever you want. Just try and impress us. We'll pick our favorite and we'll send you off a badge. Please though, if you're going to submit a review, please Remember to include your either your Twitter name or some other way that we can get in touch with you. Otherwise, we we won't be able to find you. So, so that's key. Apple Podcast is usually the main platform for that kind of thing, but Android users fear not. We will accept reviews on Podcast Addict as well. So
2: there you go. Join us on Patreon, leave us a five star review. We'll pick our best and we'll send you a gold badge.
1: How good would it be, Jimmy, if we got to one thousand reviews on Apple Podcast? <laughs> Mate, how good would so that be? if we got one thousand reviews. I would retire so if you hate me <laughs> get reviewed no. it's not out with our grasp but it's, it's certainly within sight so let's let's make that happen Melly
2: pre-season has been and gone Celtic had a pre-season tour of France unfortunately we lost out in the Violia Trophy to Rangers the jails took that one home so they've got their hands on the first piece of silverware for the season the first we of a played...
1: historic quadruple Timmy I think oh, that's going to be, that's that's gonna gonna
2: be the case <laughs> uh, we played PSG and got beaten by PSG How do you think Melly Celtic coped on their pre-season adventures?
3: It was a strange one this year because we had such a gap between the football. Pre-season was more, you're more looking forward to it than ever because you just wanted to see Celtic back playing and the added bonus of all the Adidas gear as well. But we went into it and it was more difficult than it usually is this year because of everything that happens. It was only really French teams we could play because their league had finished, they were available. So we had three games and three games of a a much higher calibre than we usually play against. We usually go into games against a couple of minnows and then build our way up and we've got Champions League qualifiers. We'd already be into the second round of that by now probably. So it's proved very different but I quite enjoyed playing against good teams because you could see straight away where we need to improve, who's good enough, who's came back sharp and Unfortunately, who's not up to scratch as well. So yeah. playing against teams of that calibre, although we didn't win any of the free games in in France, it was a, a good indicator of things to come in the yeah. season.
2: Got to say, yeah, I agree, with me I was quite impressed, as you said. It's, it, it, I felt there was more. I felt there was more use playing the stronger opposition pre-season, and that I mean, it certainly looked as if it beared fruit against Hamilton. But we'll get to. But it, it looked as if there was more use playing stronger opposition pre-season, and I also like the way Stephen that Neil Lennon rotated it. You know. He played the first string, he played the second string, he played a mixture. He made sure everyone got plenty of game time. And it gave us, you know, he probably knows where the squad's at, but it gave us as fans a good opportunity to figure out where people were at as well.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose some of the lineups and some of the substitutions that were going on, obviously, you get unlimited substitutions in these games, but at times Lennon really wasn't. It, it wasn't always leaning on that just change the whole team at half time. Some of it was quite telling in terms of what we can expect going forward. There seemed to be two quite distinct teams. There seemed to be a quote, you know, first eleven and then there was there was everyone else who played. Sad to see my man in Cham captaining the Diddy team oh, yeah. enough at times but we we'll just need to deal with that. I totally agree with Melee with the standard that we're playing against. Obviously, you don't want to go out there and just get gubbed off PSG and, and teams who are who will be challenging for the Champions League places. But at the same time, a, a lot of people say ah, these games are only about getting fitness. I yes and no. But you could get fit then Joe Wicks. But really, we can, <laughs> we can you can you can learn things from preseason friendlies as well. It's not just about doing burpees in your garage. It's um, you can see patterns forming and if you're playing against teams that are just undeniably of a much higher level than you're going to be playing when you, the, the league season rolls around for the most part, then I think that's that's a pretty good test. And I, it's a game we'll talk about later. We've obviously had a competitive a competitive game since, but I think it made a difference in terms of the intensity and the fitness going into that.
2: Who were the standouts for you, Melly, in pre-season? You know, you got to look at basically the whole squad, everyone that was available. Was there anyone that you looked at? before the preseason started saying, you know, I want you to make an impact on me, and then they came through that, and they did. I'm thinking about maybe Greg Taylor, for example. Or was there anything that you thought, you know, didn't really take the opportunity that was there?
3: Yeah, I thought Greg Taylor did very, very well in them, and we'll obviously come on to the Hamilton game, where again he done well. I thought Elianoussi came back sharp as anything. He's not played in a long time due to mm. injury and that, but he came back, he looks fighting fit, and he looks ready to prove a point. It was a big bonus I think getting him back I think he's going to be very important for us this year so I thought he was fine I thought the three behind the striker him, Forrest and Christie all done very well in uh, the pre-season games and just Callum McGregor again, the guy is just class he just comes in, does his job 8 out of 10 every time, near enough so I was impressed with them and Frimpong as well, defensively a couple of things I'd like to iron out and then within the second string that we've seen And Cham always impresses me. I think I'd love to see him work his way into the team. But with the rest of them, some of the young guys, yeah, I'd love to see them get some game time, but I'm not really sure it's going to happen for them. But there's definite prospects in there. So if we could maybe get them out on loan to get them some time but there was none of the sort of senior players within the second team that apart from Encham that I thought should be in the first 11. It's
1: quite nice to see Karamoko involved as heavily as he is. Obviously he's he's still developing, he's still growing, he's, he's still very young but it's nice to see that Neil Lennon appears at least to count him among if not a, a regular starter, of course, we wouldn't expect that of him just yet, but certainly in and around the, the first team squad. So that's sure. that's for me a positive. Uh, Soro, I, I found quite impressive as well. I was yeah. I was quietly uh, impressed with, with Soro's movement. I thought in one or two of the friendlies, he looked like he was very good in possession, but not so good out of possession. You actually got to hear, because of the nature of the way these games are being played with no crowd, you hear the management's instructions an awful lot louder and Neil Lennon snarling and uh, shouting his, yeah. his venom and get, bile in the touchlines and all that. Get Neil Lennon mic'd up. <laughs> you you get a lot of that and you could hear him you know, beckoning Soro into like to get back into position, get tighter, get like pick up your man, all that all that kind of stuff. But I like the way receives the ball. I like the way he turns and he he seems to be, he's always looking forward. He is surveying the landscape as the ball is Mm. coming to him and he's always looking to buy himself a wee bit of space. Very very early days and I'm conscious that there's only so much you can learn from friendlies despite what I said earlier. They are a good testing ground but you can't make full judgments on a player, of course not but I'm reasonably encouraged by what I saw from him. Klamala is another one who is you know reasonably new to us hasn't played an awful lot and I, I don't think it's really unfair to say hasn't really I was going to say hasn't really impressed but he hasn't really give, been given much of a chance no. to impress but ultimately those are kind of the same thing he, yeah. he hasn't the, the one leads to another if he's not impressing in training then he's not going to get the, the much of a chance to impress on the pitch so that, that's absolutely fine but. Reasonably chuffed with what I've seen from him as well. Got a couple of goals in pre season, and of course, he, he contributed in the, the competitive game. So, what's to be positive about in the, the pre season? I, I thought, despite the fact that the results didn't go Celtic's way, but I'm, I'm not in the least bit interested in that. As I say, I'd rather focus on what actually happened within those games rather than focus on, you know, they didn't win any games. You know, I'm, I'm not really bothered about that for sure it's
2: like I sort of see the, the pre-season thing it's like giving your team an MOT seeing where the, seeing where yeah, the weaknesses yeah. are seeing where the strengths are it's, it's not really a, about the results at this point any longer and us as fans and, and guys doing a podcast it's a good opportunity to get a look at some of the guys like Klamala and Soro that we that we haven't seen a lot of since they came in at the club six months ago for various reasons yeah. obviously there was a lot of focus on Clamalla, um primarily because Lee Griffiths it was sort of publicly very publicly yeah. hauled over the coast didn't even travel to France um, to to play in any of the preseason matches didn't make it down to Loughborough, the elite academy that Celtic took the players down to either. Basically, down to fitness. You know, the there was a rumours. You know, given that Lee Griffiths has had his issues in the past, those didn't seem to come into play this time around. This time around, it seemed to come down to the basic fact of the matter was he wasn't following the plan he yeah, was given yeah. during lockdown. Now, Melly, you had an interview with Oliver Morgan on the the Patreon, who is remember he's the head of youth sports science, is he? Yes. Um, and he basically described the regime that the players were given throughout lockdown and how to follow it and as it comes to fruition, Lee Griffiths basically seemed to spend his time making TikTok videos and phoning in kebabs and, and cocktails yeah. um, so Lee Griffiths on the sidelines, Patrick Kamala took a different approach he bulked up, he put on a bit of weight, he shaved his head he, he learned English sort of the antithesis of the, the approach that Lee Griffiths took so, given that and given what we saw in pre-season, do you think there's a conversation to be had about who's second choice behind Edward at the moment, Melly?
3: I don't think there's a conversation to be uh, had. I think it's pretty clear by Neil Lennon. He's not even included in the Hamilton game. Griffiths isn't on the, in the 19, or in the nine subs even, and Klamala was and came on. I think Klamala from when I first seen him, I seen him in a reserve game, I wasn't impressed at all. I seen him against Clyde in the flesh again. I wasn't very impressed but from what i've seen coming back he has worked hard if he's not going to make it it's just down to the fact that he's not good enough it won't be because he's not put the effort in because i think he has he has he's went away he's done his bit he's come back and look the bare minimum for a footballer when not injured is to be fit enough to play a game of football coming back in a condition not to even be able to do training ...isn't good enough, so there's no way Neil Lennon can reward Lee Griffiths... ...by taking him away, it's just, it can't be done... Yeah, ...it's a massive season for Celtic, we can't be carrying passengers like that... ...so it was fair enough by Klamala... ...from what I've seen in pre-season, he'd done well... ...I'm looking for more from a striker, I still believe... ...that the drop-off from uh, Edward to Klamala is pretty massive... ...and if Lee Griffiths was fit enough to play... ...I still think he's a better player than Klamala but Klamala's put in the effort, he's put in the work, so he deserves to be the second choice right now for me.
2: And it comes back to sort of what you said earlier on, Stephen, you know, the opportunities to impress, the chance, when people say, you know, players need given a chance, well, the chance is to train with the Celtic first team, you need to take that, and you get rewarded by minutes on the pitch, and that looks to be what's happening with Klamala. There is no doubt, though, that, you know, summer brings pre-season, it also brings a transfer window, and we've got an extra long transfer window this season running into October, and Neil Lennon has been again very public and clear that he's looking that he's looking for another striker. So far, we've been linked to Ayete, who um, who's on the books at West Ham, but hasn't played much football. But previously played at Basel and Ivan uh, Tony at Peterborough. Now these guys are two sort of high-level strikers, especially the money that the the, the Tony deal's been quoted up upwards of six million pound. These are high-level strikers. So who do you think should be more worried about the arrival of these guys, Lee Griffiths or Patrick Clamalla, or the Celtic fans? Because does it mean that there could be plans for edward
1: uh, it's a good point because i think if celtic are to invest heavily in the striking department i think the, you know alarm bells would start to ring about edward leaving we had a discussion last night as we record this which was immediately after the the hamilton Ackies game where we discussed the, the prospect of edward potentially leaving now, I, i'm not we're not like in the business of trying to sell players we're, we're really just having a a sort of sober, reflective discussion on the potential of it, and the sad fact of the matter is, we all kind of need used to it. Is that Odson Edward is just far, far too good to play much of his career in Scotland. He's far too good for for this, and he will probably leave. You know, I mean, Neil Lennon, said as, yeah, Neil Lennon yeah. said as much. Neil Lennon
2: said as much after the Hamilton game. Neil Lennon says, you know, it's great to have a player like Odson at the club. You're looking at him, he excites you. It's brilliant in the return of goals, but you've also got a nervousness that you might not have him for so long. Yeah, not, exactly. Effect. Yeah,
1: it, it, it's a precarious situation because at any time, especially the way he's playing, that, that is absolutely unbelievable. That someone will take notice and and come in and and Celtic will be. F- and, and I know Celtic don't need to sell, but really the model that celtic operate under must continue they they will have mm. to sell Odson edward at some point if like an arsenal or manchester united or something comes in for Odson edward then it's likely that he'll probably go i just i just really hope that it's not Anytime soon, and certainly not in this window. The players they've been linked with, though, are are at least encouraging. Ivan Tony has a, a great reputation. I'm not just I'm not just like doing the the casual glance over him because his name has appeared linked to Celtic. I, I've known of Ivan Tony for quite some time. He scores a lot of goals. Was it Newcastle he previously been at Newcastle previously, and had a really good yes. reputation uh, in his younger days, and just just didn't quite make the grade there. So he seems to be a guy who's growing in stature down south, and as recently as a couple of months ago it was been linked with 15 million pound moves to England so uh, it's, that that's an encouraging one at
2: least it's interesting that you mention that because as part of what we do in the Patreon as you know Stephen is we we brought on a scout and we sat down with the scout and we said let's look at areas of the pitch that Celtic need to improve let's try and draw up a transfer strategy for players that might fit that and then let's go out into the world like Celtic will do and try and find players yeah. on a short list that, that might fit that and then we scouted those players it's all available on the, the Patreon but we, obviously, one of the players that we had to look at was Ivan Tony. He came up, you know, he fits the Celtic profile, he fits the sort of player that Celtic may be looking at. But when we saw the fees and the the numbers associated with Tony, especially what they were publicly saying down south was in the press down south, we thought to ourselves, well, Celtic, are never going to pay that money. Because Ivan yeah. Tony's in the last year of his contract. Um, but the more these conversations go on, mainly, and it, the more it looks like Celtic are willing to spend a lot of money. I, per, this is just my personal opinion. I don't, I just don't see, I'd be... I'd be let, let me put a positive spin on it. I would be so pleased and so happy if Celtic went out and spent £6 million on a striker and kept Edward and had the both of them. Oh, because, yeah. don't get me wrong, I think we need to because Lee Griffiths has shown that he can't be relied upon as far as I'm concerned. Again, Neil Lennon more or less said that Lee Griffiths has shown that he can't maybe be relied upon and Clamalla's got some way to go. So, we do need another striker.
3: Yeah, we definitely do and one that... We need to start preparing for the fact that it's inevitable Edwards going to leave if we're selling If he doesn't sign a new contract, it's this summer is maximum money you'll get for him because yeah. he's got two years left. Leave it any longer, than money starts to maybe go down. But Celtic are in a position where they don't need to sell. We're in a position where it's going to be a massive season for us, so we could just say, look, we need to go for it this season. We need you to stay... Just do it this season, and then you can go. I hope that's the case. Even if Edward was to stay, we should be looking at top quality because the drop off in midfield. If one of our midfielders is injured, and Cham comes in, and you have absolutely no worries there, you think that's yeah. fine. We'll be fine yeah. up front. If Edward was to be out for two or three games, and you are thinking, "Oh, is Clamalla going to cut it? Is Griffiths going to be fit?" That we can't be doing that this season. We're going to have a lot of games. And this season, the season, it's there's going to be so many more games. It's it was well, usual for us. It's going to be weekend midweek, weekend midweek, yeah. and it's just all going to be so compressed this season that we're going to need quality in lots of positions. We need another striker in. We need somebody that's going to challenge Edward, give Edward a rest, but also take over from Edward when the the time does come. And the guys Tony and Ajeti, they do things that you always say, Jamie. If you're coming to Celtic, you need to have a good scoring pedigree at your pe- previous clubs. And Ologeti doesn't at West Ham. Before that, he does. Tony, he seems to do that. He's banged in a lot of goals yeah. for Peterborough. These are the kind of guys we want to see coming because another guy linked today leaving Bayo, he didn't have that. And it well, rarely to never works out when that happens.
2: Yeah, I mean, let me let me sort of correct you a wee bit. Bayo did have it. Oh, you did, Jamie? But he me. had... Uh, well, he did. Bayo did have it. I think he scored 27 goals in 35 games the, the season before we signed him. But it was in the Slovakian League. So the caveat that I always make is, you know, if any time Celtic need to sign a striker, and this is one thing that, funnily enough, came up when we were doing the scouting, is they, they have a scoring record at a similar level to the one we are playing at. Very rarely does a guy who's scored hat loads of goals in a poor league make the step up. It just doesn't seem to work out. And you're right, Bayo's linked on his way out. That's the best thing for him, yeah. isn't it, Stephen? Like, the, yeah, the best yeah. thing for Bio. and I wouldn't, see if we bring in another striker, I would not be, in fact, I'd promote the idea of putting Clamalla out on loan, because I just think there's there's no point in these guys being at Celtic and not playing football.
1: Not for Bio. I think the writing was on the wall for Bio when he started being linked with St. Mirren during the week there. Yeah. That's that not encouraging to me in the slightest. I mean, no... No disrespect to the guy. I just think he's found himself at a level he didn't belong at. He scored a couple of goals, That that's absolutely fine. But I don't think he's ever going to make a significant impact at Celtic. And if Celtic, if the management, if the coaching staff have realised that within a season or so in fact it'll be longer than that now was that, he was a Rogers signing wasn't he he was yeah, right? I mean, think about that time that's passed and he just he'd basically done nothing I know he's had a few injuries in there right enough but I just I don't think it's ever going to work out for him and, and you know I think it's, it's probably time to move him on I was I did hear Neil Lennon talking after the Hamilton game last night about how he said it was something that kind of chained with me when you were talking there, Mellie. You can never have too many good strikers. It's not It's not possible. You can't have nope. too many good players. Within reason, of course. You don't want 30 like, top-class strikers in your <laughs> squad, right? But uh, Although I think Neil Lennon was quite canny there. I think realising that what he said was probably going to be turned into a headline about how he definitely desperately wants a striker, he then broadened it out to, oh, you can never have too many good strikers. But also midfielders, defenders, goalkeepers—they <laughs> they, tacked that on at the end of it so that it wouldn't be basically just be Lennon, Lennon six striker the tomorrow morning. So yeah, I, I do agree with him, though. I think you need guys who are going to come in and and challenge for places. I'd, I'm just desperately don't want odson Edward to go, but at the same time I'm I'm very realistic about it. I've I've kind of trained myself after several players have left in the last few years to accept that I don't think the carrot of the ten. Means as much to a player as it does to the fans, because and why? Why would it? It's, it's, I know it's a it's a really nice thing to be involved in, but ultimately, odds on Edward is going to have come in and one three or four out of the ten that like, he won't have won hmm. ten in a row. Only Scott Brown or and James Forrest are going to have done that. So I think in in that regard, it's probably going to be very difficult to use that as leverage to make him stay. We, if yeah, if he the has only the, thing that makes these guys is,
2: putting it bluntly, money. Well, you know, Fordson yeah, and was- can go down south and make 40, 50, 60 grand a week. and Unless Celtic can really offer him that. But <laughs> that. That's what's going to make him stay.
1: Also, if if and Edouard is to, to end up at the, the level that he, we all know he deserves that. As I said, one of the examples I used earlier, Manchester United come in for him and they're playing the Champions League next year. That, that's a huge yeah. thing for a player like, like Edouard. It's, it's not necessarily just about money, but... I get. I, I don't really want to focus on it too much because it feels like I'm. I'm. I'm selling odds on Edward here. I don't even want to hear the words coming out of my mouth. But as I say, I'm just. I'm realistic about it. However, I'm just glad that Celtic look to be making moves with regards to at least sort of mitigating that potential loss.
2: One player who certainly did see his future elsewhere was Fraser Foster. I don't think there's any doubt that Neil Lennon was. A bit hurt, a bit, he seemed a bit hurt and a bit disappointed about the way that the Fraser Foster thing panned out. He was coming, then he wasn't coming, then he was coming, then he wasn't, then the deal was back on, and then finally Neil Lennon sort of came in, out into press and says, look, we made a good offer, um, we were waiting to hear from Fraser Foster, and we didn't. However, one thing that's encouraging is that Celtic seemingly immediately went out. Yeah. The thing that we always complain about is, you have your first target, if that doesn't work, why don't you just go out and sign the second one? And they seem to do that. They went out and signed Villas Barkas from AAK Athens, a goalkeeper with a great pedigree. And if you listen to the last sort of Patreon sample that I put out uh, a couple of days ago in this feed, um, we've got the lowdown from a Greek journalist who gave us it. But back to Fraser Foster, I've got to say, I'm really, really disappointed that Big Fra's never came back. However, that disappointment is tempered slightly because Barkas looks like a player.
3: Yeah, it's very... It's disappointing. The guy came in, done a great job for Celtic. He's been a, a great player and... All these spells at Celtic in this season, well, well, last season, sorry, the Fraser-Foster final, as it'll be known about, the saves against the Lazio. Everybody wanted him to stay, but just the finances involved, I just couldn't see how it could work. If we had got him on loan again this season, it just kicks it the can down the road to next season when he didn't want he, st- he didn't want he st- a loan.
1: I think that's been a big yeah. part of the problem. He didn't uh, want another loan, which I think is entirely fair enough at this stage of his career. I think he wanted something resembling a little bit of stability, and ultimately Celtic can't afford to give him that.
3: No, even if it's rumored between sixteen ninety thousand pound a week to to spend that on a goalkeeper it would be crazy in, in yeah. Celtic's uh, budget. But we've went out and we've done something that we've rarely ever done, and got somebody else in. The guy, he's a good age and he's mid twenties. He's an international. He's played in the Champions League. He's played in the Europa League, and he's played in a team that challenges in their league. So it seems to be the same kind of goalkeeper. I mean, maybe at A.K. Athens. There'll be games, and he's in where he doesn't have much to do. Yeah, and he, he's going to be the same at Celtic. From everything we've heard about the scouting and the lowdown we got from the journalist, he seems to be ideal for Celtic, absolutely ideal. I was hoping he'd just come in and go straight in, but he was maybe signed a, a couple of days too late to make his debut at Hamilton. But from everything we've read up on him and heard... Seems to be a good signing, and it's a record transfer for a goalkeeper. We've ever spent the highest amount we've yeah. ever spent on a goalkeeper. It's a lot of money, so you'd expect. It's a record
2: transfer for AEK Athens as well.
3: It's their highest ever sale. Yeah, and he, so you'd expect to see him in between the sticks pretty soon. The
1: Foster saga, just to kind of put a bow on that, it was very disappointing. Of course, that he didn't sign. He's a very popular figure here, and he's he's got a great history with Celtic. But I think it's just one of those things. It's one of those scenarios where. I can't blame anyone involved. I don't, I don't think no. that anyone's at fault. I don't think the club are at fault. I don't think Foster is. I don't think anyone is, is at fault for that move breaking down. I think it was probably just unrealistic to make it happen for not least of all the, the reasons that Melly has already listed. The fact that it's just an enormous outlay on a on a keeper, I think we panicked a wee bit at the time because we didn't know Barkas at the time wasn't on the scene. It's just it's just a good thing that Celtic have just no messing about. I've gone out and identified this guy and then snapped him up almost immediately. But at the time, it felt like like it's either Foster or nothing. It's either Foster or we're you know I mean, compromising you, you think, the the league next season and all Do you that. think
2: really? Do you think really the money we laid out on Barkas plus his wages is going to be a million miles off what, what Foster? Well, I th- I think ultimately I think Fraser Foster had a decision to make as far as his own career goes because I don't think come you know the closing of the, the as the transfer window slams shut as we love to say here I don't think Fraser Foster's career is going to look much different to did you know last season before he joined Celtic I think he's Fraser Foster's potentially looking at spending the last few years of his career quite well paid but not really playing any football. I, 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 and I don't know. I think man. I think you know ultimately Fraser Foster. If he wanted, you know, obviously the pool wasn't enough for him to join Celtic, but I don't think the money would have been a million miles away from from what from what he's getting to now. I'm sure a, a deal could have been put together that would have, you know, made sure he was well, well, well taken care of. And I know it's easy for us to say that, but I just think, I've got to say, I'm tinged with a wee bit of disappointment for Fraser Foster. How many years have he sat on the Southampton bench, comes up to Celtic... Does fantastically well, gets his career back on track, and he looks now as if he's quite happy just to return to that Southampton bench. I personally don't understand it. I don't know. I think on the flip is, side, those aren't the only on the two options
1: side, for him, though. It's not just Celtic or Southampton bench. It, it can, you could you could get a move tale, somewhere, but else. yeah. It,
2: time will tell on that one. But
1: on the flip side,
2: I'm quite impressed from what we hear hearing on Villas Barkas, As soon as he heard about Celtic's interest, he basically told the A.K. Athens, "I, I want to go to Celtic. Yeah. That's that's the that's the team I want to go for." So I'm really pleased about that. His profile looks great. He's confident. He's a great shot stopper. Loves to organise defence. Very vocal. He's quite tall. Like he's six foot five or something. Mm-hmm. Um, great shot stopper. All these things that Neil Lennon wants. He, he looks very much in the mould of Fraser Foster. So I'm looking forward to seeing Barkas playing some football for us. um Another position that Celtic are, are linked with is, is left-back. We were linked with David Kalina today, a Croatian who plays for Hadjuk Split, um, and that obviously opens up the, the season-old conversation. Let's mm. bring back a conversation from last <laughs> season about Greg Taylor and Bowling goalie. Personally, Melly, I thought Greg Taylor had a bit to go. However, the performance's pre-season, and especially his performance against Hamilton, really gave me something to think about. I thought there was a player in there. I just thought he needed some more time to, to grow into it. Uh, and, and honestly, I think Greg Taylor's had a really, really good start to the season. As for Bowling Goalie, I think our feelings and Neil Lennon's feelings converge on Bowling Goalie. I don't think he's he's in the plans. He doesn't feature at all. So, another left back?
3: Uh, yeah, we'll need another left back. I, I, I always like Greg Taylor. I thought he was a, a decent player. Maybe not quite one, you'd think. Oh, that's who... I want my left back to be going the next three, three, four years. But his performance at the weekend was great. And with Greg Taylor, there was games last year from January onwards where, the, especially the St Johnstone away, the midweek one, where we, we were 3-0 up after what, 20-odd minutes. We were brilliant that night. The pitch was terrible. But Greg Taylor was a great that night. He had a great game. I think he set up two goals. He was whipping balls in. He was getting to the byline. So I'd seen a game like that from Greg Taylor. I'd seen there was there could be games like that. If he could just do that more consistently, I think he could be a good player. Just has a few things going against him. Defensively, he's good, but everybody's at, I don't know if he's good going forward. Well yeah. we've seen at the weekend, there he was really yeah. good, whereas with and goalie, defensively, he's not very good, and people say, oh, he's better going forward. I don't think he is. I think he, he was very, very poor. He gets into maybe... Positions, but I don't think he's got a final ball. I, d- I don't rate the guy at all, and it doesn't seem like Neil Lennon does. The fact that we spent a lot of money on him worries me as well. But it looks like it's going to need to be cut and your time's up, pal. We just need to replace him.
2: That's the best thing for these guys, because you know, look at the. T- let's take the example of Bio. It must be very difficult or very awkward for a player who's used to playing weekend, week out, competitive football. That's your career. You train, and then at the weekend you play. To get into a situation where you just train, you don't play, you don't yeah. feature, and so when you're looking at bowling goalie, you know it's kind of no hard feelings. But even from his point of view, he's probably sitting there thinking, right, I want a Celtic. If I'm not in your plans, but the best will in the world, let's find me a club.
1: Yeah, it's important to remember with bowling goalie as well that I know no one has played for months because of the the shutdown of football and all that. But it's important to remember with bowling goalie in particular that he was out the team long, long before that as well. He he didn't play. From the Rangers game until uh, there was one appearance at Clyde, wasn't it? They played against Clyde, yeah. and and that's been it. That's all she wrote since the the Rangers game at the tail end of last year. It was long. out of The first team, the first team picture. Um. So. I, <laughs> Bolingoli, I, I want to firmly as well, firmly suplex any chat about him being, <laughs> about him being a left winger, right into the bin as well. Because <laughs> see this chat as well that like it can be it could be a left wing cover, it could be like, so hold on, our options are going to be Mohamed El Yunisi or Bolin Bolongoli for the left wings. That is absolutely absurd chat. I, I kind of resent the idea that left wing could be like a plan B, a fallback. Yeah. I wasn't any good at left back, so I'll just stick me further up the pitch. I know it seems like I'm being unnecessarily harsh on Bowling Goalie, but I and think how, that...
2: What does that say to Mikey Johnson? <laughs> Looks three, son. and ask, Look, son, I know you're promising, but we'll get this absolute <laughs> dud at left back. He's <laughs> going to be taking your job for anyone. My, <laughs> position's, my
1: positioning's a nightmare, so he may as well chuck me further up the pitch. I'll, <laughs> I'll be deadly up there. No, I don't, I don't buy into that at all. I've not seen anything from him that would encourage me that he's going to be really good going forward. I know that... I'm sure, I'm sure some stats out there will back up the fact that he gets into good positions but that's very different to actually being able to deliver anything once you get there I think his, yeah. his, his crossing is on occasion quite good but that doesn't quite make up for the the fact that he's quite often makes very strange runs he makes very strange passes when he gets into forward positions as well they're either inside or he, he runs it he like underlaps the winger and, and weird things yeah. like that
2: so sort of inverts sort yeah, of inverts I'd,
1: and so, and, and that doesn't seem to be instruction either, because again, you can hear you can hear Neil Lennon on the touchline, basically questioning where on earth he's going. No, I think the bowling goalie thing appears at least for now to be to be over. There was chat that they tried to get rid of him at the tail end of the previous transfer window in January, and I I wouldn't be surprised if you know, if that turned out that was true.
2: There's been a number of outgoings. Obviously, there's been some great great servants. Some of Neil Lennon's favourite subs have left the club. Um, Ross Duhannel though has joined the Rosses on loan at Ross County he joins Ross Laidlaw and Ross Munro as the other two Ross County goalkeepers so Ross County have three goalkeepers all named Ross now <laughs> well, fitting <laughs> right, it's on brand isn't it That's nice. <laughs> very nice, very on, nice brand very isn't? on brand yeah. but yeah we've also lost Jozo Simonovic we've also lost Johnny Hayes Armstrong Okoflex looks as if he's been let go as well and obviously Craig Gordon's left. Do you want to commemorate any of these guys in the podcast before we move on and talk about league business? Not really. No. There we go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, let's not be look. Let's not be cruel. Let's be be real for a minute. Craig Gordon, keep myself take terrific servant for us. Yeah. He's uh. He obviously goes with our best wishes. Craig Gordon was a, a, almost a master stroke of a signing. We said that a long time ago. I think did Craig Gordon sign for Celtic when we first started this podcast? It was he there by the season prior.
3: Uh, the season prior he came in, he was Foster's replacement when he went to uh, Southampton, so yeah, he came came right. and under Dialer's first season and I couldn't believe it at the time. I thought, yeah, that's fine, he'll come in, he'll be the second choice and we'll bring in another keeper. Didn't for a minute expect him to come in and be a great keeper for us for, what, f- five seasons nearly? Lost his place over, over the last year or so, which, well, the last two seasons, sort of, which is fair enough because... He wasn't Brendan Rodgers' ideal sort of player, but he managed to win his, win his way back and win his he done heart. a great job. Yeah, one of his heart, black heart. Harrell's included. Yeah. <laughs> Uh So he'd he done a great job for us, good servant, but it was just his time was up. The guy missed a lot of football in his career. There's no point in him sitting as Celtic's third choice no, goalkeeper, no. especially when he was on quite a decent wage after that contract he signed in the Invincible season. So. Alright, it's, it's sad to see him go a bit harsh. It was just his time to go. It, good yeah. player.
2: So that's all the preseason stuff out the way. The real deal kicked off oh, this weekend. Yes. Flag day at Celtic Park. Unfortunately, none of us were there, but we got to watch it on Sky or the Past the Paradise, whatever you decided to watch it on. Um unusual start to the season so far as not being in the ground, but it was business as usual for Celtic melee. It
3: was, and you you worried that Watching the friendlies, I was right into it because I'd missed Celtic so much. Couldn't quite get into the German stuff. Premier League a wee bit more, but I was worried that the fans won't be there. Maybe it won't be the same. As soon as that whistle blew, fully bought into it. Fully bought into it because (laughs) it was just waiting on the, the Sunday then. It just hit me like, this is it. This is the start of what could potentially be the biggest season of our lifetimes. It's going to be massive. And then oh it was squeaky bum time then because every game's going to be like this you're going to be going in it. every single game oh, if every game's
2: like this I'm, if every game's like this geeze it if oh, every
3: game is like this absolutely geeze it I guarantee you every single game will be five goals and Lenny ball like Saturday <laughs> if it, uh, you worried it would be maybe oh, be a bit rusty we played the two friendlies against Scottish teams a wee bit unusual and then coming into this maybe a Will Celtic with be firing all cylinders yes is the
2: answer Stephen I was quite impressed with the intensity at which Celtic met the game you know Melly's talking there about the Bundesliga and the English Premier League kicking off behind closed doors I've watched bits and bobs of that not been too impressed but I've got to say I've not seen a game or a team approach a behind closed doors game with the intensity that Celtic approached this one
1: what what I would say about that is they have, but it took a while. It took a few weeks for for these other leagues to kick in. When really it only took Celtic forty five minutes, which is what mm. kind of feeds back into what I was talking about with the the level of opposition that Celtic had chosen. Well, not so much chosen, but kind of forced into playing against in pre season. I think that played a part. There are a few better tests for your for your mental sharpness, your physical fitness than playing against players that are better than you. And let's face it, that's mm. what PSG were. So in a way, that was. Ideal preparation for Celtic. The intensity truly did kick in in the second half. There was nothing really wrong with the first half, but I, I agree with Neil Lennon's assessment in that it was a little bit passive and they let kind of let Hamilton. <laughs> they didn't really get on top of Celtic, but they allowed Hamilton to make more chances than I think a fully intense Celtic would have would have allowed. That all came in the the first half, but I think that. Once a half-time had passed, it was all guns, ablazing.
2: There was a lot of talk pre-season. Um, one of the players that I had my eye on in particular was Odson Edward. I thought he had a particularly quiet pre-season, which led to Frank McIverney very <laughs> helpfully writing a column saying, Odson Edward, does he look interesting? Um, Odson Edward answered Frank McIverney back, as well as MDLs. I might have had any doubts on the pitch. An absolutely sublime hat trick. And then potentially an equally sublime clamping on Twitter as soon as he gets back <laughs> into the team bus. Well, that was absolutely
1: brilliant. To be honest, Odson Edward, if you haven't seen it, obviously what he did was he clapped back on Twitter and, and basically, <laughs> back. basically said, um, Odson Edward doesn't look interested with a wee speech emoji and three, three balls signifying the, the goals he'd scored. However, both of them might be right. He might not be interested. Saying that on Twitter wasn't outright a denial. He might agree with Frank McIverney. He might say, well, I'm not interested, but look what I can do when I'm not interested. Just think how good I am if I, if I can be bothered to if turn I'm it bothered, on for the afternoon. I, <laughs> so, like, don't anger me. Just think like, how good I'd be if you angered me. Yeah, I'm, I, I found his performance deeply upsetting because, as, as I say, this is on the telly. What, tone that down a wee bit to be Oh, like, every game is on the I, telly these days. Aye, but no, especially this season every game will be on the there's, telly there's nothing else on the new, though Scottish football is very much at the forefront we don't want people paying attention to these performances Odson Aye, is I it you, you want to keep
2: Odson and Edward our secret that's, <laughs> what, that's what you want to do you want to keep them a wee secret before Odson managed to get on the, the, the score sheet though I thought Julian looked a real threat at set pieces yeah, yeah it's always hard does. to
3: believe that we're creating chances from set pieces we've went so long we've just got it drilled in our heads that we're terrible at corners but Christy seemed to be delivering them from the out swingers and Julian was getting round at the back post. He had one a couple of, a couple of volleys that he caught pretty well. One hit the post. Oh, so we we're, um, were looking dangerous. Had that.
1: It too well, Melly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what
0: they say. it eh? He'd a
3: uh, he a header saved as well. So we were looking threatening from set pieces. We look a wee bit a wee bit weak from set pieces as well. That's how Hamilton eventually got the goal. But it could be down to having the two full-backs are quite small guys. But. 2 fullbacks were great on the day and
1: we seem to be creating a lot of chances, which is great. Immediately after the game started, Julian picked up the ball and produced a a pinger of a pass out to the left side where Greg Taylor chested it down and I thought to myself, I'd kind of forgotten about that trait that Julian has to play long-range passes and it's it's brilliant to see when, when he actually pulls it off because there are videos on YouTube that are about eight minutes long of Jerome Boateng playing... Raking passes it to wings and all, that. and that they're, they're absolutely brilliant. If you've got a defender that can do that, it's a real, it's a real weapon, as they say. It, people sometimes kind of frown up on or or pour scorn on the, the idea that you would play long balls, but those are those are long passes. And I think he's yeah, yeah. really good at it when he gets them right. A couple of dodgy moments as well with Julian early on. I think he's a, a huge threat in the opposition box, but can also be a little bit of a. A bit of a worry in his own at times. That um that will come with sharpness. So he and Ayer, will I'm sure, get back to the way they were playing when they were at their best last season. Um, but he's, he is such a threat in the box. Those two volleys were absolutely brilliant. And he's he's one of those guys who we've probably not seen since Boyata. Who just it feels like he could get on the end of every corner that comes in to the box. He seems to be favourite for every ball that that arrives in there, and it's it's a it's a great asset to have.
2: I was really impressed with the fluidity of Celtic's play. The way that, especially the front four, you know, the way that they all interchange, change position, James Forrest comes right inside. The amount of unselfish runs that James Forrest made um, during that game was quite unbelievable. Coming inside, leaving space for Frimpong, pulling defenders left, right and centre. And it was sort of a bit of that fluidity that got us off the mark in the first instance. It was Frimpong took the ball, played through Odds and Edward, who released Greg Taylor on the left-hand side, who who put in one of many on the day, absolutely tremendous low cross for Odson Edward to knock it at the back of the net. See that really, really dangerous cross that just, what is it, the corridor of uncertainty, you sometimes call it, um, for Odson Edward to put away. I thought that was sublime by Taylor.
3: Yeah, it's one of those ones, the keeper can't quite come for it. It's in between the keeper and the defence. It's absolutely perfect. And I thought last season we did have a lot of those type of crosses, but we didn't have somebody on the end of them until we had the two strikers on. But if there was any sort of, I hesitate to say this, weakness odds in Odds Edwards' game is that he doesn't score a lot of goals inside the six-yard box. And this was one of them. It was absolutely brilliant. This is where you want me to be. I said yesterday, if he can start getting into these inst- instinctive striker positions, then he could be hitting Henrik Larson numbers this season because last season Ooh. he got 28 <laughs> goals up to March and he still had two two full months where he would have been on fire. I think if we can keep him fit this year, he can do that. Look, It was great play from him. It was him that played out, Taylor, as you said, and Taylor getting that good early ball across. Perfect right across the the box and there's Edward just to tap it in we all know Stephen loves those tap ins, but it's <laughs> yeah. great to see that you love seeing long range efforts but if you're playing good football getting that ball out wide and getting it in the box for somebody to tap it in it's total football and it's how it's how Lenny Ball sees it it was worked over from the right hand side from one full back over to the other and the cross comes in and your striker scores you can't really ask
1: much more than that Frimpong is just an absolute star yeah, an absolute yeah. star oh, of brilliant. a player He's absolutely Aye. tremendous absolutely brilliant Heavily involved in this goal, of course. He had a brilliant surge forward and then was just cleaned out. He was taken out um, kind of just inside Hamilton's um, half, but he had already done enough to to start the move. There'd been a a shocker of a challenge on him previously as well, which I I think a lot of people in our our Discord group, which is a a group for our patrons to chat about the games while while we're going on, um, that's a benefit of the Patreon. There was a lot of shouts for maybe a red for that, I don't. I'm not quite sure about that. I think it was a a hard and cynical foul, but I don't think it's a straight red. I think I think you know to the letter of the law that's probably a a nailed on immediate yellow. Not you're not getting any warnings or anything like that. That is a that is a yellow, even if it's your first challenge. Don't know about red. It's maybe an orange at, at most. So I don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's a old straight red. Card yeah, but um, but Frimbong, just just sensational. Just an absolutely tremendous player, and he it just only seems to be getting better and better. I don't know about the new haircut right enough. It kinda of makes him look like a wee old woman. He's kinda of got like a Most wee different. he's got Most like different. a wee a wee kind of orangey browny tuft right at the front oh, of his does he? wee his wee quiff It kinda of makes him look old and like it <laughs> he looks like he's on gran so I'm not, I'm not <laughs> thinking in <of> that <laughs> he looks like his own grad he,
2: he managed to get himself on the score sheet Mellie yeah. says after the game that's what he wants to do score more than assists this season it's quite a bold claim for a for a fullback Greg Taylor turned provider fullback to fullback another brilliant cross and wee frimmers was at the back post a little fizzing ball of energy to put it in
3: <laughs> yeah it was a great ball across again from Taylor yeah Good patient play from Celtic Around the edge of the box They didn't try and force it They waited till the run was there I think McGregor played it Into Taylor And he puts it across And if your striker's Not in there Your winger's not in there You've got your full back In at the back (laughs) post To put it home Love seeing Celtic score, but just the wee smile that cracks on his face when he scores, everybody loves it. Even there's a shot you can see in the background where Edward's like a proud brother or a proud dad <laughs> just in his <laughs> Frimpong scores. You can just see, I think Edward smiled more than that than he did his own free goals. So I think everybody loves Frimpong. He's just one of those infectious wee characters.
1: And just to top it off, he's absolutely brilliant at football as well. It's like one of those uh, the definitions of total football, isn't it? For a fullback crossing it to the back post for another fullback yeah. to knock it in. There, just a word on the cross for that. We've already mentioned Greg Taylor and his crossing in this game. Very, very similar to the first goal, but the the fizz on that one—it's impossible to deal with. The defense cannot yeah. touch that because it's so close to oh, them. If they sense. touch that, they're, they're smashing it in the back of the net. Keeper can't really come for it because he's too close to his defenders. Absolutely impossible to deal with, and there was we've frimponged. They were getting a lot of joy at the back post this, at this this stage, sadly. Obviously, we'd already talked about um, Julian's volleys, but it's very, very difficult to deal with a ball like that. And Greg Taylor has gone some way to proving me completely wrong about how I worried that I just didn't really see it from him going forward. But to grab two assists secure a brace of assist in the, in the first half of the game I thought we I thought he was
2: excellent Celtic had to get problems at the back post of their own Hamilton flighted in a, a big old free kick it should have been it should have been bread for a Celtic defence but Scott Brown got beaten at the back post with a header and they managed to score from a shot outside the box after it took a couple of wee deflections the one thing I'll say about this goal is and you touched on earlier I think if there's any weaknesses in Celtic's play what I've noticed just now is we were getting beaten in the air an awful lot yeah um, I think it maybe comes down to what you say about the, the height of the defence. I don't think Scott Brown had his best game in a Celtic shirt, but I'm not obviously going to pass any judgement on that just now. It's a, a long time to go for Scott Brown. And also, with Scott Bain in goal, I've not seen Barker's play for Celtic yet, but I know for a fact Barker's would have saved that. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: a it's a different one because there's two deflections. The, the worry is the it's the second ball from the set, the set piece. We, we lost quite a lot of goals from set pieces, corners and free kicks last year, I think nearly half of our goals were from that. It's it's disappointing. and It is something that we might need to look at going forward because well, Barkas coming in might make a difference. He might be more commanding and that sort of thing. But Julian and I, yeah, there was times where the Hamilton strikers... I find it very difficult to compliment Hamilton because I don't like anything about them. <laughs> I'm usually very harsh on them because of their stadium. They still, oh, we brought through players. Well, you brought through two players 15 years ago, so you can't <laughs> have that anymore. <laughs> so just, Those guys are nearly retired now. Yeah, <laughs> they're in both nearly 30, so you're not getting that. But it's just one of those teams that I don't like. But they did cause us a couple of wee problems, and it was from flighted balls in Julian... Yeah. And uh, you were beating a couple of duels, then the the second ball we didn't quite mop up. But it's just one of those things we're going to need to be careful with because if we're looking at it, we don't have a lot of tall players. You're just looking at the two centre halves bringing Edward and maybe Christie back. That's no very good for corners and set pieces. But apart from that, look, it was this causes a wee bit of problems, but their goal was couple of deflections on the way yeah. in it's one of those ones that they didn't, probably didn't deserve to get into the game and if anything it just spurred Celtic on it was a wee wake up call
2: for us Ah there was a couple of deflections but you know Scott Bain got a hand to it Barkus would have saved it that's all I'm saying <laughs> As, oh. I saw
1: people suggesting that uh, Fraser Foster would have saved it because he's taller than Scott Bain and therefore would have got a hand to it but I think he's no Celtic player guys it's um, <laughs> that's, that's a bit like saying do you know who wouldn't get caught out the back post under the ball at Scott Brown Fellaini uh, he would, he would have cleared that. <laughs> yeah. the The goal itself very, very difficult to reset yourself after a deflection at that range, especially if it's it's taken two deflections on the way. So I'm not really going to criticise Scott Scott Bay, I think it's it's probably an easy target because of the fact that there is a keeper sitting there, like waiting to to basically take his place in the coming weeks. It, it feels similar to. When Celtic were gubbed, shellacked all those years ago by Art Media, Bratislava, a lot of the focus was on the goalkeeper in that game because they'd already signed Arthur Boric and everybody was saying, well, Uh if only our new keeper had been in for for this, so I think it's, it's maybe unfair to look at Bain. It maybe could have got a stronger hand to it but as I say it's very very difficult to redistribute your weight um, after a deflection and you're already moving Odds Edward managed to score a
2: second goal after James Forrest who came into some criticism in the Discord I saw a lot of uh, Celtic fans on Twitter having a bit of a go at James Forrest again I thought over the piece he had a really good game used his pace to burst down another terrific low cross Edward in the middle of the box slots it past the oncoming keeper what's cooler than cool Odds and Edward, I am absolutely in love with this man.
3: <laughs> He's tremendous, isn't he? Forrest done really well again. It was uh we keep saying le- I keep saying Lenny ball, but it was because it was played out from the back and it's not eighteen passes here and there. It's played out, it's played with purpose. We get it out wide. Early ball from Christie down the line, Forrest with early ball across, and Edward gets across with A finish that's harder than it looks, probably, but this guy just makes it easy. Like, we spoke about it a lot in the new years, how easy Larson makes finishes look. Edwards doing the exact same. And Forrest, you mentioned it earlier, Jamie, did make a lot of uh, unselfish runs. And I thought El Yanusi did the exact same as well. He kept making those runs inside, as did Forrest, which left all the space for Taylor and Frimpong, who were basically light-wingers for us. So it was good playing obviously you know, he had that wee dummy for the first goal as well that he let run under and that's when Taylor put it in so I thought the two wide players although they didn't get on the score sheet they still contributed massively
2: I thought Callum McGregor as well had an absolutely tremendous game it's just it's it's almost impossible to give Callum McGregor the credit he deserves. He's like um, getting
3: into the Tierney in territory, isn't it, as well? I,
2: but I still feel that people are sleeping on Callum McGregor. I, I just think because he's this quiet, unassuming guy, he's just, he's always there, always on the ball. He's so quick and confident on the turn. Callum like, never in a million years, if Callum McGregor wasn't a Celtic player, could we afford a player like Callum McGregor? No, no, hes no, no. He's absolutely outrageous. There was a, a part, um, but I think it was before Odson completed his hat trick, Yeah, it was definitely before he completed his hat trick. Callum McGregor plays like a... Remember that Scott Allen pass that everyone never shut up about last season (laughs) for about six months? (laughs) Callum McGregor played a very, very similar pass. He takes the ball about 40 yards out. At this point, there's five, six Hamilton players, midfielders and defenders between him and Odson Edward. Odson makes like a wee tucked run inside and McGregor spots it and just played this really crisp pass through... Um, the keeper manages to cut it out, but the vision was absolutely incredible, and the weight of the pass was almost perfect. And it just—I I just think McGregor had a terrific game.
1: He did, and we talk about the intensity of the game and Celtic, the 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 tempo they were moving at, particularly in the second half. I think that's almost entirely down to Callum McGregor. He he yeah. just ticks mm. that all over. takes that, does he? Yeah, Christie is obviously boundless energy, and he gets involved in a lot of things. But McGregor is the. The, oh god I'm about to say it but the metronome in there who's just, oh, he's just t- <laughs> oh, I, don't, I, I know I shuddered just as it came out of my mouth but he, <laughs> he is the guy that is dictating the the tempo of the game as, as much as it's a cliche the conductor to say. of the orchestra <laughs> or any other bit more cliches we want to <laughs> show home Ex- exactly mm. the, the conductor of the orchestra um, he, is, he is the guy who makes all that tick he, he just is it's not it's not Scott Brown's job it's not really Ryan Christie's job either it's Callum McGregor is responsible for for the pace at which celtic play the the majority of their game
2: odson completed his hat trick there was a there's a bit of interplay on the outside of the box car christy i think it was took a short keeper saves it yeah. odds edward once again right place right time that real striker's instinct to knock the ball away first hat trick of the season now not i'm not a great betting man but a popular bookmakers had an opening offer on Odson edward to score more than two goals and it was like 4.5 to one but if that's how odds work I'll take that yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'll probably and I won it so I'm not going to bet for the rest of the season so I am up so I'm, that's how it works I'm up yeah. so I'm up for the rest of the season thanks to Odds and Edward on the Patreon we obviously do the now we do the the live preview show Stephen what did you say Celtic minus two
1: for sure yeah yeah uh, did I take my own advice did I bollocks no I did not place that bet but I, th- I thought Celtic uh Minus two handicap was absolutely printing money and I didn't. My printer broke down and I did not get in on that, <laughs> get in on that action, sadly. So with that third goal, the title's in the bag. There we go. Done <laughs> yeah. and yeah. dusted. It. It's a great finish Deezer. though. Yeah. Maybe an underrated finish because it looks on the surface of things like he's just sort of knocked it into an empty net, but it's something we, we kind of need to give Edward credit for as well. We we often talk about how good he is bearing down on goal one 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 on one with the keeper, but that ball just basically fell at him, and he leveled it into the top corner first time without <laughs> even without even hesitating, without even taking a breath. He just smashed it into the top corner. It's maybe I, again, I maybe kind of overdoing it, but I don't, I can't think of many players that would have just without hesitation just leveled it into the net like that and just into the, the top corner. So uh, just even with the the enforced shutdown that we've had of the football, of the podcast. I probably should have spent some of that time trying to think of more ways to talk about Odds and Edward because I, I struggled to. It became a, a kind of running joke of the podcast last season. How many different ways can we find to describe how good Odds and Edward is? And we, we kind of struggled. So I probably should have spent the spent the lockdown a bit more productively and come up with better words. <laughs> reading, that, reading that thesaurus about you for Christmas. Yeah.
2: One of the Hamilton units. There's a lot of units <laughs> yeah, in that yeah. team, but uh all composed, he's a he's a big guy and he's like oh, yes. he's like a boxer. Yeah. Um he he maybe there's an argument he could've walked for a for a bit of a wild tackle on McGregor.
1: He's given Celtic trouble in the past. He scored a couple of goals last season, but he was given given Callum McGregor something to think about in this. He, it was he came through the back of McGregor. I think the referee absolutely shattered, if I'm totally honest. He came through the back <laughs> and he did that that scissor thing. Mm. To be honest, watching the replay, it looks like he lost a little bit of control. He lost a little bit of balance and didn't really mean to go as far as he did. But that doesn't matter. He still, he still did it. He still, you know, by definition, lost control of the tackle and and took McGregor out. I, I'm not one of these guys who typically screams for a red card for anything, but I think he definitely could have walked. I don't think he would have any complaints if he had gone for that. Scott Brown, after the the challenge, Scott Brown went through the motions of pretending he wanted to fight him over it, uh, which I don't think would be you a very do good it, idea. It. When your pals gets done like that, exactly. You need, to get you, you need to do it, but I don't think that'd be a very good idea for anyone for that. As I say, it looks like. a Looks like a light heavyweight fighter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> new rules, new season. You're allowed to name nine subs and change five at three different periods of the game. Um, Out with half times, Neil Lennon didn't go for the five, but he went for the four. Klamala and Cham, El Hamed and Karimoko Dembele came on with all varying degrees of success. Um, we've already kind of touched on in Cham. is a player I really want to see more of this season. I think he, he needs to make the step up from being a wee last 10-minute luxury, you know, go on and give people a show and see what yeah. you can do to, to really try and challenge James Forrest for that position. Um, Elhamed is a player that we love on this podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just really, really unfortunate that he's been frozen out by Frimpong, but if he can keep himself fit, I'm sure there's plenty of football for definitely uh, Elhamed to play. Patrick Klamala, a terrific ball from uh, Christopher Julien. Sent Klamala through and behind the Hamilton defence, and I'm so glad they scored a goal like this because something that you hear quite often about Patrick Klamala is, and you know, in in newspapers and sports, Bud is, you know, he's going to struggle at Celtic because Celtic always play against packed defences. Well, that's not always the case. Celtic, yes, do play against compact teams against packed defences, but they're not packed all of the time. No, no, no. For example, when Celtic's full backs Maybe fullbacks is a bad example, but when Celtic, you know, Scott Brown or any of the centre halves have got the ball. Hamilton aren't going to be packed at the back waiting, you know, for, for the attack to come. They will be spread out. There'll be gaps in there, and, and Patrick Lamala found one. Um, good run. A bit, it was a good finish. I think it came off for him. If I'm, if I'm being yeah. really, really honest, I think it came off for him. But that doesn't mean he didn't mean it. He meant to do it. He meant to put the ball where it ended up, and it was a, it was a good finish. And that's what you need to see more of from old Paddy.
1: He did everything right, really. He got yeah. in the end yeah. of it. He got there before the defender did and stuck it away past the keeper. I, I can't fault him. I can't ask him for any more than that. I think he, he took the opportunity he was presented with and you know that's really all we can expect from him. I think it was a, a telling contribution from a player that we've maybe concerned, or maybe considered a guy who maybe wasn't going to cut it, unfairly or not, I'm not sure, time will tell but kind of fault the guy. He got through he, on the end of a ball, muscled, out-muscled the defender and stuck it away. So that's that's exactly what we're after from him. It's, in
2: fact, out-muscled him, Melly, with, with his brand new shoulders. Yeah,
3: shoulders <laughs> for days, these days. <laughs> as, as Stephen said, that is all we can ask. Look, when he, when uh, him and Karamoko and Elhamid uh, were coming on, I thought, come on, seven minutes, Lenny. I was hoping we'd see changes a bit earlier because I think... With the new five sub rule, it is a chance for guys like Karimoko to get some more game time, Klamala as well. And it's a chance for us to maybe rest Scott Scott Brown, Carl McGregor, give them some some rest. So I was a wee bit disappointed it was late, but after winning 5-1, I can't have too many complaints. But as soon as he got in, he made that run in and it was a very intelligent run, something that I noticed in pre-season, it was offside quite a lot, but it was mm. a perfect ball through, perfect run right across the defender and the early finish means the keeper can't get there. If he's going to keep doing stuff like that, he's going to change my opinion on him and I have no, I have no problem with that. But I just I want to see more of that from him because he is starting to change my mind. But just going forward, I'm not sure he's got the quality. But if he keeps scoring goals and taking chances, he got three in pre-season and he's got another one in the first game
1: of the season. One and one, I can't argue with that. The pass from Julian, though, absolutely perfect. But my favourite part of it was... See, when you, you watch just him after he's played the pass, he looks like a 10-pin bowler who has just pulled. <laughs> yeah, he stands and admires his own pass with his back kind of arched as if he's looking down the lane at the strike he's just about as to... As if he's pit. talking to it. As yeah. if he's, as if he's
2: <laughs> mentally trying to guide it into Patrick's, yeah. uh, Patrick's part. That, that was my favourite part. his leg yeah. behind his other
3: leg. Like yeah, I, I, pa- almost exactly. Are <laughs> yeah.
2: wee bowling guy celebration yeah. after the ball hit the back of the net. So that was it. Celtic kicked off the kicked off the season, kicked off our quest for ten in a row. Top of the league, lads. Top of the league, unless another well going blow
1: away the, whoever they're playing eight 0 tonight. Second wave comes on Monday. We're
2: champions. It's that simple. <laughs> that's how that's how it happens. Um, absolutely spectacular fashion. By the way, speaking of fashion, that was the first outing for the new Adidas home kit. Yeah, looks absolutely sensational. Yeah, I think yeah. it looks brilliant. I think that mint green away kit is. Right into the top two of of my lifetime, straight away. All time, straight away. away.
1: Oof, that's that's bold, Oof, but I, or,
2: I'm, maybe well, top five easily. Like, I I'm gonna have, I'm sleep on it, right, and I'll let you know next week if
1: it's in top two. It may be a, a bold claim, but I ain't mad at you for it. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm certainly not going to deride you for that bold claim. Uh, one thing I will say is, can they maybe come up
2: with some new, you know, manager gear? Because Lenny's cutting about and. A half-zipped-up hoodie <laughs> and a pair of joggies By the looks, set on the touchline. He looks as if he's. He looks as if he's followed. Right, Lenny he looks as if he's still followed. He uh, looked uh, like so... didn't
1: even have the Celtic badges on them. No. It was just normal Adidas. <laughs> no, just, just his own Adidas gear at the. House. <laughs> he looked like a guy you would do your best to avoid at a sketchy house party in the kitchen. Like you, <laughs> you would see this like right shady-looking guy with a hoodie on and all that, and you like, "Oh mate, I, I don't want to. Talk. I don't want to engage with him. I don't want right, I got Such him. and
2: such, his brother. his mum. made him come. <laughs> no we're just being really rude about about the select manager Um, before we keep digging ourselves into that hole I suppose we should wrap it up Uh, just want to say thanks to everyone on the Patreon who's supported us over the closed season we've got loads of great stuff on there for you thanks to you guys the listeners for tuning in please leave us a review yep get involved we'll pick our our favourite review on next week's podcast we'll send the winner a gold badge for saying thank you we want to get some good 5 star reviews on there um, Melly would you like to sign off with something witty no <laughs> I didn't think so Stephen
1: absolutely not Again, can you talk Melly's? Yeah. The, the last time uh, I've said before uh, the last time you asked me to do this I felt like I'd just been I'd gone into my work or something and i have been thrust like a birthday card you feel under pressure to write something funny in it but you end up just saying all oh, the best uh, and just, just writing your name so that's kind of what <laughs> well, I feel right like so, you know, did. I, so so yeah, yeah thanks guys <laughs> All the best.
2: And on that, we shall wrap up. Thanks for listening.
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.